Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Who has seen the movie called Jingle All the Way? Okay, good. Good. Sweet. So we're, we're in good company, all right? Um, it's, it's an older movie. It came out in 1996, all right? I'm not going to tell you how old I was in 1996, but I was alive, okay? Not for very long, but I was alive. This is a great, hilarious, awesome movie. And, and there's an, they wanted to show you the trailer, but I'm going to kind of just walk you through what this movie was all about, okay? Because I think, especially dudes in the room, you can relate with this. Are we good back there? All right, let's, let's, let's give it a go here. Here we are. I'm pretty sure Schwarzenegger can play one role and one role only. He needs to be able to throw punches and shoot guns. I think that's pretty much all he can do. But in this movie, he does it well. Um, I love this movie. I can I just I love the like. I, I know I bashed Hallmark. I'll still stand by my high my stance. Hallmark is just great. It's awesome. My wife loves Hallmark. But I can appreciate the Christmas movies that are real, right? Like, like the worst, like the, 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 the nativity scene you saw was on fire, so he kicks it out the window, right? Like people are rushing around on Christmas Eve because that's reality, all right? Walking into your hometown with the snow falling and kissing your, your long lost love, that's not realistic. Life's not that fair, okay? It's not. You gotta go for the reality. You gotta go for the real life things like rushing around on Christmas Eve. And as a dude in the room, I can empathize with like a, you're, you got the doll, right? 
yeah, I did it. Like, I, I can so, that would so be me. Okay, my wife bought Christmas presents starting in October. I started for her a week and a half ago. All right, and I still barely got it done, but Christmas came. Who had a good Christmas? Anybody? Okay. If you didn't, I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but we're going to make you a better Christmas today, all right? Because Christmas, is, I, I, I've found now that uh, my wife are getting, my wife and I are getting older, all right? We have kids of our own now. Christmas looks a little different now as a parent than it did as a kid, right? Like as a kid, like you go to bed until the 24th and you're just like stoked, like you're jacked. Like, I cannot wait for Christmas. Santa's coming. It's going to be great. You go to bed, and like, you're, you're just like wired. Like you try and go to, you're trying to fall asleep. You're all excited, but you are just jazzed, ready for Christmas morning, okay? Christmas morning comes. Like, you kind of have that first initial flicker, and you're like, it's Christmas! And then you're like, you, it's dark outside still. It's like three o'clock, so it's like, oh, I got to try and go back to bed. But by the time it hits, like, you see that glimmer of light out your window where it's like, early enough to like go wake up mom and dad you're like you're shoot out of bed you're all excited you go it's christmas you're yelling you're going crazy you jump on their bed you wake them up you go out and you look at the presents under the tree and you're hoping i hope one of those boxes is a thing i really want all right some people are like, it's not about the gifts. Can I just tell you, when I was a kid, it was about the gifts, all right? I didn't care about anything else. It's about the gifts, all right? Like, it's about family and joy. When you're 13, you don't care about any of that stuff. You care about the PlayStation 2 that you hope was under the, the tree, all right? That's what I wanted, all right? So I was, like, so excited. I was like, yes, I ripped open. Sure enough, my parents were awesome. They, they got that. You had no school, no agenda. Your biggest worry when you were a kid was like, whose house am I sleeping over at tonight? Because I'm not sleeping at home. I got no school tomorrow. Then you become adults. And Christmas changes, right? Like, boom! You get smacked by your kid. Or in our case, it was our son Ellis yelling, Mommy! Through the door. What time is it? 5.15! Cool! Guess we're starting the day at 5.15 this morning. You go out there, you're kind of half dead to the world. You're still scratching stuff out of your eyes. Gifts are getting ripped open. You're thinking, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait to open gifts. Sweet pots and pans. Yes! What's what I want? An air fryer. Yes! New dress pants. Just what I wanted. I love Christmas now, right? You're all excited. Things are great. Things are calm. I want to play with my toy. Cool. They need C batteries. We sure have those, right, on hand. You got C batteries. So you're driving around. That store's closed. That store's closed. That store's closed. But I want to play with my toy. Well, sorry, we can't. You love Christmas, don't you? It just brings out the best in us. You really do. You really do. But all jokes aside, I, I love Christmas. I really do. Last night, my wife and I got to drop off our kids at my mom's house. We were childless last night. It was awesome. All right? It was awesome. We got Chinese for dinner. We were in bed by 745 at night. It was awesome. We know how to tear it up. Let me tell you what. Chinese in 745 bedtime. It does not get much better than that. 
We slept in this morning till 7.45 as well. So like we got just a good night's sleep. And so um, you guys thought I was crazy before. You should see me with a full 12 hours of sleep. It is a treat. So you are in for a good message this morning. My, my youth pastor passion might come out at some point. So if I see anyone doing this, I'll try and tone it down. But it's probably not going to work. We love Christmas. We really, really do. My wife said this to me about a week and a half ago. She goes, there's just something so magical about Christmas. And I was like, that's the sugar from the cookies. That's that's the magic. (laughs) Something like that. But it's true. You walk around and normally people are just one way and it's, it's this and you're getting cut off and you're saying hello to traffic and you're doing all this stuff. But there's just something about Christmas where you walk around, there's, there's just a little bit of a lightness, a little bit more joy than you normally get. And why wouldn't there be? Why wouldn't there be magic in the air when we understand the importance of Christmas, that Jesus came to do what he came to do? The birth of Jesus was the turning point of our entire human race for the sake of eternity. When he came and said, you know what, from here on out, I'm going to come to do what I came to do, which is to take all of your stuff, all of our misgivings, all of us, I'm going to take it on me and pay the price that you can't so that you have an opportunity to spend eternity with me and have it's a special thing. Christmas is a special thing, but sometimes it can be hard to see in the hustle, in the bustle, in the stress. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a few people in my family that aren't quite right in the head. They're just not, all right? And if you do, then I, can, I, can you adopt me or something? Because like, I found we all have that one person in our family that's just a little, little cuckoo. And by a little cuckoo, I mean a lot cuckoo. And as Chris says, if you don't have one, Never mind. All right, carrying on. I don't normally title my messages, but I really feel like as I was praying this week about what I wanted to speak about, I feel like God gave me this. And he said, it, it, the title of my message, if you're taking notes or if you just want to highlight it in your head, would be, when things don't go according to plan. Um, you know, it's funny. When I was in, or in, in college, uh, that's where I met my wife, Meg. She's awesome. Um, but Meg didn't know how much of a crush I had on her until much later, all right? And so here I was as a little transfer sophomore in college, and I'm like, that lady right there, she's fine, all right? She is, I didn't say fine. I was a dude, I was like, dude, I went up to my, after I saw her the first night, I went up to my roommates, and I'm like, dude, that girl on our, on our sister floor, she's hot. She's super hot. Like, I, I would love to date her. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that one, pal. I have really supportive friends, okay, who think the, think the most high of me. It's awesome. But I will never forget, I was like, you know what? I, I was like trying to will myself up the courage to go talk to this girl and to go and try and pursue this girl. And I finally got to a place where it's like, okay, I kind of know her. I kind of have some rapport with her. I finally got the confidence to go up and try and interact with her. And so here I am just kind of casually just dipping into the group of people she was in, talking to them, and they were talking about dating. And I'm like, sweet, this is my window. I knew she was single. I knew this was my chance. I'm going to make the most of this chance. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling good. Here we go. And then I hear Meg saying, yeah, I would never date anybody shorter than me. thinking, dang it, 
I'm like, I just finally got up to this thing. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Finally. So then the next week I'm like, babe, it's not that much of a difference. Like I'm just a little bit, just not like I'm like down here. All right. Like there's, there's like shorter than you. And then there's like shorter than you. And I'm not quite there. So my friends are like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, all right, she's standing right there. Go see. So I'm just kind of, you know, casually. And I stand next to her and I'm like, hey, Meg, how's it going? And I realized things don't always go according to plan. Just when you think things are going to happen exactly like that. I mean, I had the whole picture in my head. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to be super smooth, which I knew wasn't going to happen, but I could hope because I'm not smooth. I can't talk to girls, but I was going to try. So, but I just had an idea like, I'm going to just, I'm going to woo her with my good luck and my good charms because Lord knows my looks aren't going to do it for me. So I gotta, I'm going to do something. And I had this whole idea in my head. And it did not go according to plan. And I love that things don't always go according to plan because I find that when things don't go according to plan, it's normal. You see in the movie, the whole premise of this Jingle All the Way movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger grappling with the chaos of Christmas. I mean, the whole movie is about him and his plans just completely going out the window. I mean, the movie starts with him trying to make it to his son's karate performance. And there's, they're, they're in Minneapolis. Which you, did anybody notice that, that was Minneapolis by chance? A few people. It was actually filmed in Minneapolis. You can, you can see Minneapolis throughout the movie. It's really cool. Uh, we, we made it, people. We're, we're on the map. And it, it's, it's really, really cool, but the whole purpose of the movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger just trying to make it and, and get things to go. He's late for his son's karate performance, so he goes on the shoulder and gets pulled over by a cop and misses the whole thing. Uh, you see, he was supposed to get the toy for Christmas, but he couldn't do that, so he's trying to go on Christmas Eve, and he's grappling with all of the stores. And you see all of this stuff happening of him finally getting a plan in place to solve the problem and that plan completely going out the window. And that's reality, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I didn't quite plan for a worldwide pandemic to hit my 2020. Wasn't a part of my plan. I had a few other things going on, but that kind of threw a wrench in the things. Throughout our lives, we have these, whether they're small plans or big plans, and they completely go out the window every once in a while. And what I love is that you see this even in Scripture, even in the Bible, because I know we've never, no one else has ever had this problem go on where you're just, trying to make it work, and it doesn't. But it happened in the Bible. So I'm going to turn here to Matthew chapter 1. In the spirit of Christmas, I'm sure we've heard this, we've seen this in our nativity scene, but I want to break down the Christmas story because we think of the Christmas story as this super magical thing, and it is. But I love seeing the humanness happen in this story because it really makes me feel better about what our lives look like themselves. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, when we know the Christmas story, it's really easy to just kind of accept this as fact. 
But I want us to actually put ourselves into the context of this story. Here Joseph is. He's super into this girl. He's engaged to be married to her. He is really excited about being married to this girl of his dreams. And so here they are one day. All of a sudden he sees this girl and she's visibly pregnant. I told this to my youth students a couple weeks ago, which was super funny because I could see them squirm in their seats. But when you see your fiancé, who you know you haven't done the act with to get said baby, and all of a sudden your wife is now pregnant, what's the most logical assumption? Right? Like, okay, you're pregnant. I know we haven't done the thing that's required to get you pregnant. So how do you get pregnant? It's normal to think, what the heck is going on? All right? If Meg was pregnant right now, I'd be like, what's going on? Because I really hope we're not pregnant. I love our kids, but two is great. (laughs) You get this feel that this would be a tough thing for Joseph to understand. You're you're, here you are getting ready for a wedding. You're getting ready to spend the rest of your life with this person. You are excited and planning for this dream wedding. And all of a sudden now, your fiance is pregnant. That throws a wrench in the plans. If you think your fiance is sleeping around, that throws a wrench in the plans. Verse 20. Because here he is. He's, he's, he's like, you know what? I love Mary, but I can't, be, I, can't, I can't be with her. If she's with somebody else, I can't be with her. But I respect her too much. Here I am. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I think is best. I'm going to just break this off quietly, slowly slip into this. I don't want to disgrace her. I don't want to just ridicule her in public. I'm just going to slowly step away. And then verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Talk about a tough thing to understand. Joseph, Mary's baby, was put there by the Holy Spirit. So here he is. I I love how Matthew describes it because here's this crazy thing and then three verses later, boom, Jesus was born. Like that's it. Like that's, that's the end of the story, Matthew. Are you kidding me? Thankfully, we have a doctor in Luke who explains the story a little bit deeper to get there because here's what I really want to unpack this morning. So I'm gonna go to Luke chapter two here because this is where I think really we can start to see ourselves here and what our lives look like. Luke chapter 2. Here Joseph has this crazy experience. He was excited to marry his, his now, now fiance, but she's pregnant. He's looking to step away. Here comes God. Boom, there's a massive dream. You know what, Joseph? That, that Mary is good. She's pure. I put that baby there. This baby's going to be something special. Stay the course. Stay with her. Just hold on because this is going to be something awesome. And Joseph finally agreed to it, but it's not probably what he had planned. Luke chapter 2. You fast forward about six months. Mary's very pregnant at this time. Luke chapter 2. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when, I'm not going to pronounce that, was governor of Syria. Something like that. 
all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for their census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. When you look at this story, I want you to understand a few things. When you look at Israel where this was taking place, Nazareth was down here. Bethlehem was up here, about 60 miles from point to point. If your wife is very pregnant, and here you are saying, hey, babe, um, so I got to go to Bethlehem which is 60 miles away. Uh, nowadays, it won't be a big deal. You jump in your car, you're there in an hour. This is before the day of automobiles. This is the day before where you had to walk everywhere. 60 miles is a three-day trip. And it, you, you, it doesn't say it in this translation, but it talks about it going up. Bethlehem was in the hills. Bethlehem was in the mountains. You had to traverse and hike and go up terrain and down terrain just to get there. So here you are. I want us again to pause and look at Joseph. Here's Joseph looking forward to an easy, awesome wedding planning thing to get to marry the girl of his dreams. Nope, just kidding. Uh, you're actually going to be raising a baby and he's going to be the most important person on the face of the planet. Just so you know. And uh, by the way, I put him there. She didn't get pregnant. No big deal. Then he finally understands this. He gets this. He understands this. He's starting to become a part of his reality. And he's looking forward to bringing this baby into the world. But wait, no, hold on. Um, in, in fact, you're going to have to go up to Bethlehem. You're going to have to go up the hills, up the terrain with your very pregnant wife who is going to struggle getting up there. You talk about being out of the plan. This is not the plan I would want if I was Joseph. This would not be something I would desire. Because let me tell you what. When my wife was eight months pregnant, we went to Boston. Six months pregnant. Um, that woman is awesome. Okay, Meg just trucked it. All right, She's like, we were rocking seven miles a day. It was awesome. But like at the end of those seven miles, like, there was like an hour and a half foot massage in the hotel room because like her feet were ready to fall off, all right? So I couldn't imagine 60 miles up terrain. It's tough. It's strenuous. And when you look at the deep part of the thing, this census wasn't required. This census was a way for the government to eventually collect more taxes for all the people. So here Joseph is going, God, you called me here. To bring this baby, and now i got to bring this pregnant wife that you care so much about up mountains. What gives on this? Because this is not part of the plan. Verse 6. Don't worry, guys. It gets easier. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Sweet. So no longer are we not going to have the baby in our own home, around our family, around people that we love. Now we're going to be in a foreign place, in a foreign town, with no help. Surely it can't get worse. Don't worry, Joseph, it does. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of Snugly, that's a great word, in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. 
You're not going to give birth to the Savior of the world in your home with all the amenities, with the family. You're going to be in a foreign town, in a foreign place, in a foreign land, with foreign people, and you're not even going to get a nice bed to have on. You're going to be off in a cave or out in the middle of the field with no help, nothing, nobody. You think that was part of the plan for Joseph? You think that's what he wanted for his his wife? You think that's what he wanted for himself? You think that would be his first ideal experience of what it would be like to bring in your first child? Because to me, here's what that'd be like. If Meg was pregnant today, we love our two. Two are great. I couldn't imagine we're driving next Christmas to my in-laws out in Indiana. We get eight hours out of the way, four and a half hours from them, eight hours from our home, and our car breaks down. And as the car breaks down, my wife's water breaks on the side of the highway. <laughs> I'd be calling 911 right away because Lord knows I'm not doing anything. I'd be like, I love you. Hurry. Please, hurry. I love you. Hurry. They didn't have 911. If you're on the side of the road, what do you do? It's, it, it, when, when, we th- when we see the whole picture, when we read this in 2021, it's easy for us to understand, like, oh, yeah, that'd be a tough. But when, when you think about the fact that he was so alone, he was all in the middle of nowhere, he had no experience delivering a baby, he had no amenities to be able to help bring this child safely into the world, he had nothing at all. You talk about things going wrong and not going according to plan, he had every card stacked against him. There was nothing about what I assume Joseph desired for this to be a part of what he envisioned. And I can only imagine the frustration, the anger. God, are you kidding me? You, you put this kid here? This is your child? This is the savior of the world? Why are we going through this? God, are you kidding me? You're going to make us go up this place? We're going to be by ourselves? I can imagine the frustration, the anger, the deprivation, just the emotional toil that these two young people walk through. Because that's the other thing, by the way. They're young. You're putting the savior of the world in someone who is a first-time mother and young. Nothing about this was conventional, logical. And I think we can relate what that's like to be out of control for things to not go according to plan. It might not have been in the plans to lose your job right before Christmas. It probably wasn't in the plans for that family member to go off the rails like when they did. It probably wasn't part of the plans for your family member to lose their life the time they did. It probably wasn't part of the plans for your son or your daughter to disown you. It probably wasn't part of the plan for you to go through this mental toil and this mental illness at the time you're going through. We have our plans, we have our ideas, but you notice it's never convenient when the plans change. It's never easy. It's never desired. There's always that frustration or whatever it is. And it can be tough to do it. It's never part of the plans when you find out your spouse has been doing something you didn't know there was. It's never part of the plans when you found out the diagnosis that you got. It's not part of the plan. 
And we make a lot of plans. Small plans, big plans. We make plans for what we're going to do after church today. Or make plans for what we're going to do this week now that Christmas is done and gone and New Year's is coming. We make plans for what we're going to do this year. We make plans in our head of what our future is going to look like, what, our, what we're going to do. We make way more plans than we realize. And they're not just plans. A lot of times they become deep-seated dreams. They become visions. They become things that we so desperately want. Whether it's, I can't wait until we have that baby. I can't wait until we have this part of the thing that we don't currently have. We have these plans in our head that we, can, we construct, we desire, and we make them. But when they don't go our way, it's hard. And a lot of times when they don't go our way, we try and make them happen. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger did in this next clip. That's what our Christmas looked like yesterday. Just less flames. <laughs> what you see in the clip is Howard is trying to just he had, he had reached his wits end. He had tried every store, every avenue. He could not, for the life of him, track down this doll that he was supposed to get, that he promised his son he would get. So you see him in here trying to steal one from the neighbor kit. And that is what I feel like we do so often, is when we, when we get to that place where we finally cannot, we just like, you know what? This is not part of the plan, this is, but I'm just going to make my own way. I'm going to do the things that I want to do. I know this is not what I had, but I, it's almost like when we lose control, we create our own. When we lose control of the thing that we can't physically wrap our brain around, we decide to go to the nth degree to reclaim that control. 
When we lose that person, we try and take control of our life by numbing the pain with something. When we lose our job, we start making questionable choices to try and regain that income we now lost. We try and regain control no matter what it takes, no matter who it hurts. We just want to be back in control and get back to the plan, the plan that we so desperately would desire. And I feel like this Christmas, this end of the year, we need to take a different approach. What to do when things don't go as planned. I got three numbers for you. They're not going to be on the screen. You're just going to have to tune in to me. But the first one is to wait. When things don't go according to plan, you got to wait. I think that's the toughest step. When things don't go the way you planned, when you have to just sit there and grapple with your reality, it's hard. It's hard to wrestle with it. It's hard to just sit there and go, you know what? This is not my reality. Instead of trying to fix it, instead of trying to adjust to it, instead of trying to do all these things to correct it, we have to just wait. In Jeremiah 29, a lot of times when we're doing graduation cards, we put on this Bible verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the plans... For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. It's a great verse. But we neglect that the, first, the verses before that are when God says, hey, you're going to be here for 40 years. I've got plans for you, but get comfy. Because you're going to have to wait a little bit. That's hard, isn't it? That's hard to sit in something that you didn't plan. That's hard to sit there and come to that reality. God's got plans for you, yes, but when we have to sit there and accept that this is not how the way we thought it would be, it's tough. Which is why I think in the second one is the way that we have to grapple with that weight. The second one is to worship. You got to wait, but then you got to worship. Acts chapter 16. Here are the disciples sitting in jail after they've been doing what God called them to do. He's, he's like, all right, I want you to go and spread my name. I want you to go and spread the gospel. I want you to go and spread all the things that I'm doing. But they found out that they're going to be imprisoned for it. Think that's part of the plan? Verse 25, Acts chapter 16. Here they are. Paul and Silas are sitting in prison. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. They weren't worshiping to get out. They were worshiping because it was the thing that was going to keep them connected to God. When things don't go according to plan, the toughest thing to do is to say, you know what, God, I trust you and I worship you. Because even though plans aren't going right now, I trust that they will. And I trust that you're good. And the last one, you've waited, you've worshiped. You got to believe for more. I want to show you this last clip.
How do you not recognize that voice? That's what I'm saying. You would know. You would know. What I love about that scene, about the whole movie, is he's always behind the eight ball. He's always striking out. But eventually Arnold Schwarzenegger, Howard in the movie, finds himself in the parade lineup trying to chase down this doll. And as the movie goes, he gets roped into being Turbo Man on this float, and there's this awesome fight, but you see at the end of the movie, he gets to be Turbo Man to his son. And how much more special that was to him to be Turbo Man than to have a Turbo Man doll. And the whole point of this sermon, the whole point of my message up to this point is we need to understand what we do when things don't go according to plan. But can I just tell you this morning that the plan that we have was never really ours to begin with. God's got a plan for our life, for the good stuff, for the bad stuff. It doesn't matter because when you look at Luke chapter 2, everything about the story of Joseph and Mary to Joseph was out of script. It was off the plan. It was a complete sham in the eyes of Joseph. It was not an easy pregnancy. It was not an easy trip to get there. It was not an easy delivery. It was not anything about what was easy or what we would consider part of the plan. But when you look at it, there was a prophecy that the Messiah of the world be born in Bethlehem. So it took God orchestrating a governor to put a census on the thing to bring them to Bethlehem to fulfill this prophecy. And we look at the story, when you look at all the pieces in the Old Testament, it all lines up to the plan and the story of Christmas and Jesus being born was exactly how it was supposed to happen. It was exactly the plan that God had for them. To a T. So can I just share this Bible verse with you? Because as we go into a year of 2022, let me tell you something. You're going to have plans for your life. You're going to have plans for this year, and they're going to be great plans. And I pray that you follow them and you go after them like you always should. But can I also tell you that 2022 is going to bring parts of the plan that don't match up with your plan. And instead of getting frustrated, instead of getting upset, instead of doing whatever it is that comes negative, I want you to cling to this verse because it will change your perspective. Proverbs 16.9. It's not going to be on the screen, but I want you just to hear every single word I'm saying because I want this to be a life verse for you in 2022. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Make plans. Go after your plans. But just know when things don't go according to your plan, it doesn't throw off the Lord. You might not know what 2022 looks like, but can I tell you who does? He knows. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So my challenge to all of us this morning, when things don't go according to plan, can I just tell you something really funny really quick? Thursday, I had, I had my outline of my message done, but Thursday I need to put it all together. I got to church here. Wi-Fi's out, okay? Heat's not on. Something's going wrong with the heat. Get the heat fixed, sweet. We're going to unplug the router, it should get it back going on. Four and a half hours with CenturyLink later, still no internet. I'm sitting, God, I'm trying to get this message about when things don't go according to plan. So can you just get my internet back, please? (laughs) 
I should preach on how to get a million dollars next time I preach because God loves to bring me sermon illustrations before I preach. It's frustrating when things don't go according to plan. But I've found out every single time they don't go according to my plan, there's actually something better in store. When my mom got arrested two days before Christmas, that wasn't part of my plan. But it brought us to church and introduced me to a relationship with Jesus that changed my life. It wasn't part of the plan. When I went to NDSU and got this really nasty spot of mental illness and it brought me to one of the darkest spots in my life, it wasn't part of the plan. But that plan eventually led me to North Central to become a pastor, to meet my future wife. It wasn't part of the plan when my wife and I found out we were pregnant as young college students. It wasn't part of my plan. But I learned more about my faith with God through that little boy than I ever had anything else. Just because it's not our plan doesn't mean the best plan is not coming. Just because it's not what we have in vision doesn't mean God doesn't have something awesome and special. Whether you're retired, whether you're young and a kid, God has plans for us from the day till we die. And no matter what they look like in our perspective, he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. So in 2022, my prayer for you is that when you plan your course, understand the Lord establishes your steps. So don't worry when things don't look like they might. Because God's got something special for you in this place. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord, I pray for every single person in this room. Lord, I pray that 2022 brings nothing but greatness. God, I pray that we look forward to a year of goodness. Maybe 2021 was great. Maybe it wasn't so great. But Lord, I pray for a 2022 that is spectacular. Not because life goes perfectly, but because when we spend time with you in 2022, God, even the bad stuff brings us closer to you. God, I pray that 2022 would be a year that the people in this church experience you on a deeper level than they ever have before. And as that happens, God, they'd understand that the best is yet to come. Jesus, for the person in the room, Lord, who maybe needs to make things right with you. Maybe they never accepted you in their life. Or maybe, maybe they have, but life's been crazy. Plans haven't been going the way they thought, and it's really brought them away from you. Pray that they would know, Jesus, that all they have to do is just welcome you in and say, Jesus, would you be a part of my life? And you're there, Jesus. God, be with every single person in this room, every single person watching online. May they know, God, that you are establishing their steps. You are guiding them along. They are never alone, never forsaken, never left for dead. But God, you are fighting with them and standing with them in every single circumstance from the time they walk out of this door. We are thankful for what you want to do in 2022. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.